Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to today's program. I hope you are doing well. We're going to chat with Dr. Frank today on a Friday. Yeah, it's a Friday with Frank. Chat a little marketing action, how to get customers, how to keep customers. That's the name of the game. Then, of course, you want to make sure your services are charged accurately, you know, good pricing and all of that. But it starts with, you know, having a really clear plan of who your customer is, And how do you get a good customer? How do you keep that customer? We're going to talk about that with Dr. Frank. And so real quick context, if you're uh, just tuning in, maybe you don't know Dr. Frank. He's been on the show for years, friend of the show. And years ago, Dr. Frank and I were grabbing a salad, eating healthy. And uh, shout outs to uh, Halcyon here in Alpharetta, Georgia. We're at uh, Ensalada's, a really good uh, salad joint. Not that I eat healthy as much as I want to, but that day I did. Really good salad. I'm sitting here, Dr. Frank's telling me about a business he used to run. And I was just mesmerized of the incredible way that he understands marketing. I mean, I was just picking his brain and I realized this guy is genius level when it comes to marketing, when it comes to getting customers and keeping customers. And he was in a different industry, but I could tell that his marketing strategies uh, made him a boatload of money. And so I asked him, hey, you mind sharing some of this on my podcast? And so from time to time, he'd hop on and share his insights. And people love it, man. It's eating it up. And so uh, Dr. Frank and I, we actually created How to Get and How to Keep Customers e-training program that's available at the Resource Center at thegreenstreetpodcast.com. So what we're going to do on today's program is give you a little free 99 action. This is, uh, you have to pay to get into the How to Get and How to Keep Customers on Demand e-training program. But several modules with Dr. Frank, I'm telling you, put on your scuba gear because he goes deep into marketing strategies to to really uh, fine tune your business. So what we're going to do today is play one of those modules for you for free. I'll let you enjoy it um, on this Friday. So sit back, relax and enjoy my friend, Dr. Frank in his wheelhouse talking market. Alrighty, guys. Welcome to module number one. Let's get into it, Dr. Frank. You got me all fired up here. Hey, Paul. Uh, this is good to be back. And we've got a lot to talk about, but I'd like to ask you, what are you hoping that uh, your your audience will get out of what we're going to be discussing? We've talked a little bit about what we hope to cover and, and discuss, but what is your intentions? What What do you hope that people get out of this when they're done? Yeah, two things. Number one, that quickly you can get the right customers. In building my business, Dr. Frank, I got a lot of, we called them PETAs. Pain in the butt, <laughs> customers. <laughs> so you want to 
uh, get and keep the right customers and do it as inexpensively as possible. And there's actually a lot of ways you can do it that just takes time. And, and when you do invest resources into marketing, that it's effective. And so uh, really saving the headaches that I went through because I was just kind of figuring out marketing. I didn't have all the top minds of all this research and the information that you had. I was just trying to get customers for survival. Well, Paul, you make it sound like if they listen to what we have to say, they can learn from your experience and avoid the pitfalls. Yes. And they can learn from your book smarts. So I'm the street smarts. You're the book smarts. Give me a fist pump, Dr. Frank. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be fun. Real real quickly for those that that don't know you, you are a doctorate from Georgia tech, which is no. um, Oh yeah. I can talk (laughs) a little bit about my background. I'm not in the green industries, but I know a lot about business. My background formally is I have a PhD in physics uh, specialization in atomic and molecular. And um, I worked in, in um, research industry uh, for a lot of years in the, and in the corporate world. But uh, over 20 years ago, I left the corporate world to go in business for myself. And I've owned several different businesses. I've done consulting in a different industry, high-tech industry. I've done, um, even reinvented myself uh, with a marketing uh, I mean, marketing a, a, a product on the internet to a, another different industry it was an information product. And then uh, more recently, I reinvented myself again in the medical field and yep. um, came up with a research idea that um, proved uh, good enough to form another business where I offer a service uh, related into the medical field. So that's, that's kind of a short version. There you go. I, I gypped them on the intro. You were saying you wanted a little bit more. <laughs> Build me up a little bit more. Yeah, but uh, there may be people, Paul, I think, that maybe don't know all about you that might come across this product. What would you say about you, yourself? Yeah, I host the Green Industry Podcast. We help lawn and landscape businesses take your business to the next level. I started my business in 2011. I was broke, busted, and disgusted, Dr. Frank. <laughs> and uh, I put a little... Uh, 21 inch lawnmower in the back of a Honda Accord and just started um, making mistake after mistake after mistake and <laughs> building my business. So I have so many scars, so many wounds. And I always say that I hope um, my ceiling can be your floor. Yeah, that's right. But, <laughs> Watch out. but you eventually figured it out. Figuring it out. Yes. And, and that's why when I meet folks like you that have all this information, I was like, why didn't you tell me this 10 years ago, Dr. Frank? So that's <laughs> what we're here to do. We're going we're gonna to share this information with you guys so that you can get the right customers and keep them. Well, you know, Paul, there's an old uh, Chinese saying, uh, maybe some of your audience has heard it before, that, you know, why didn't, why didn't we meet 10 years ago and have this discussion? Well, the, there's an old saying that says, the, um, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and wow. not, not before. Wow. So there's some truth to that. Yeah, I believe there is because once we're ready, then we're receptive and can even perceive, Hey, that's the one I should be listening to where you may have known them before, but you weren't ready and you didn't recognize it. Well, get out the pens, the paper, the notebooks, and let's get into it. Dr. Frank. Okay, Paul. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, a service business. Uh, a service business, uh, a real key, and I've, I've heard you talk about this on your podcast many times, Paul, uh, because it's a service business, 
building trust with your marketplace where you're, you're perceived like with a brand, you know, they're the company that's known for this and don't really know them too much, but I, I've heard about them and I know that's their big thing. That's uh, awareness that the marketplace has in your co company. And then there's um, a relationship with the customer itself. And they say, oh yeah, we've hired that company. They're fantastic for the following reasons. And uh, I'm so glad we hired them. And this is what they do for us. And this is how they do it. Uh, the key to both of those is building trust. Mm -hmm. Because really any business, any sale for anything that anybody's selling, there has to be a level of trust or uh, the sale doesn't occur. And, but particularly with the service business, because it's not, uh, you, you, you buy a product, you put, it's in a box, you put it in the trunk, you drive it home, and you just interact with the product. With the service business, you're interacting with that company on a continual basis. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's important in and of itself because every contact with the customer, whether it's by phone or whether it's an ad that they see, or it's somebody telling them about it, or any, or mowing mowing the grass, cutting the shrubs, any contact that you have with the public, or anybody representing your company has contact, whether it's a phone call or a responding to an email. I don't care what the contact is. That's marketing, because marketing is how does the marketplace and the customer perceive you and your company. Every time there's an interaction with it, no matter how small or trivial, that's marketing. Marketing is not just putting an ad in the paper, which usually doesn't work anyway. We're not <laughs> going to be focusing on that. That's a bad strategy, <laughs> usually. But uh, marketing is not a formal thing like that. It's an informal thing. And I know you've talked volumes about this, Paul. Yeah, and I really appreciate you leading with that because when I talk marketing or we, we're, you know, around the water cooler talking about it within the industry you know, it's like, well, what's better postcard or door hanger? <laughs> and, and, and we think about it was, we'll get into that's content marketing, that content yeah, that you're distributing. We'll get into that. But marketing is so much bigger than that. It's, it's every uh, interaction you were just mentioning. And, and when you start to see it like that, then you can really dial in on how do we be professional and build that trust on A to Z. Right. And that takes time. Relationships take time. Uh, typically in marketing, they and the research uh, bears this out, is that for buying anything, whether it's a product or a service, typically the marketplace who's never heard of you before needs to have an exposure to your company uh, and what you are about uh, seven to 12 times before it's in the brain enough and there's enough trust level to buy. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's why uh, we're going to spend time talking about um, different channels that are very effective in the green industry for marketing um, uh, service services. And, and if you can expose the individual who might be possibly buying your product service in the future, uh, expose them to, to your company multiple times and also through multiple media that also uh, instinctively adds credibility. If they always see you only in the same uh, local newspaper or, or free free paper that they have in the community, and that's all they ever see you in, that's not nearly as good as, as they see you on a flyer where they go to this one other place. They see you in the local community newspaper that's for free. Um, they they uh, come across your company in a variety of other ways. 
then that adds more credibility because it's like through different channels. It's like a validation. Yeah. There's so many ways to get to that seven to 12 touches uh, from from multiple aspects. And uh, not all of them are expensive. I mean, wrapping your enclosed trailer is going to cost some money, but you know, they'll see that every time they drive in the neighborhood and out of the neighborhood. Uh, But then there's a lot of them that are actually uh, free as we'll, we'll get into. Right. And also building trust and relationship through multiple points of contact through multiple media. And we'll go into all those details a little bit later. We're just doing the broad brush right now so that people get the, the idea of it. And we'll drill down in a minute um, is emotion because people buy products and services from who they trust, but it's also trust is intimately tied in with how they feel. What is the emotion? What is the feeling that they, they have that they might not even be fully aware of consciously when they interact with your company or they hear about your company? Uh, and that's, that's where the branding uh, comes in. But um, people buy, ultimately, and the research bears this out, Paul, people buy on emotion. Even the most analytical, um, scientific person whether he will admit it or not, will buy based on emotion. Uh, what that means is when somebody is ready to buy, they just want to buy. They feel good about it. I feel good about this. I want to pull out that credit card and I want to buy. Or I want to sign that contract for lawn service uh, for a certain amount of time of commitment. Whatever, whatever it is, they feel good about it. And then the more analytical person, after they feel that, then they'll go through all their uh, rationalizations and thinking of all the reasons to justify that feeling. Now, they think they're being, usually they think they're just being analytical and emotion has nothing to do with it. But the research doesn't bear that out. That emotion came first and that was the real impetus to buying. And then uh, the non-analytical person, that's all they need. Hey, I feel good about this. Let's do it. The analytical person says, will not realize they feel good about it. And then they'll go into all these rational justifications just so they don't feel guilty and they, they justify the feeling that they have. But until that feeling is, uh, is sparked in them, they're not going to buy. And uh, so, so marketing is really your, your message, it's got to be relevant. It's got to be something that will make a difference in their life and they know it. It's got to be uh, the right medium. The message has to, the best medium is word of mouth through people they already know and trust is a third party validation. And, uh, and then your marketing strategy uh, or who you're, ta- I meant to say your market, that's part of your strategy. And that's who are you trying to get? Because one of the worst things you can do is try to be everything to everybody. And I'm sure you've talked a lot about that too. You got to figure out what you're good at, that you're, that there's some segment of your market that, that really wants that and go after that. You can expand on your segments later, but you got you to gotta niche it at first, particularly for the small company. General, uh, General Motors, uh, General Electric, the big companies, they can be lots of things to lots of people. But the smaller the company, the more you have to focus. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it takes intentionality on the front end to figure out what services that you want to specialize in and what services 
that you really make the most profit in and then reverse engineer from there. When I made my mistakes, Dr. Frank, I just started pushing the mower and then they would say, well, hey, can you trim the bushes too? Of course I can do that. Hey, can you put the mulch in? Of course, you know, (laughs) can you do sod? I remember I didn't even know how to grade for sod and they're like, can you do sod? I was like, of course. I didn't even do it that uh, accurately. And next thing you know, I was um, climbing on the roof, putting in gutters. Lady's like, hey, can you clean my house? Oh, sure. Pressure washer. And actually blew her windows out. $4,000 worth of damage. (laughs) This is the same customer that I would put my black and decker. I had a hedge trimmer with an extension cord. And I'd have her open her window and then I put the extension cord. I was just chucking the truck or you said Joe Schmo in the limo or whatever you call it. I said that. (laughs) No, you you called Chuck Joe Schmo. But the point was, so I just started doing every service to everyone. There was no rhyme or reason. I was broke, uh, broke, busted, and disgusted. Right. I was desperate. And so now that I'm in uh, the second decade of business, I'm like, forget that. Where, A, what do I enjoy doing? be what what's most profitable. And then it's establishing the marketing plan towards that. And there's some companies here in Atlanta do 14, 15, $16 million a year wow. in revenue. And they'll tolerate the lawn mowing that they, they make a little bit of profit on it, but not much, but they're using lawn mowing to sell the enhancement works of pine straw and mulch installations of uh, seasonal flowers, both in the spring and then again in the fall and they have um, their big profits are on those enhancement jobs, spicing up the property. And so their marketing strategy is we want to land customers that want us to put in their mulch, flowers, things of that nature, Dr. Frank. And so they'll actually offer lawn mowing services because that will put them in position to easily market and have the contact information to sell what they're going to profit on, uh, which is the mulch, the pine straw, the core aerations every single year. And so they rake in the profits with those services, but it's very intentional. And and it's not just willy nilly saying yes to everything. We know you need something that's easy to operate, comfortable, and still brings great performance. The Kubota Z400 Zero Turn Mower Series brings all that and more. You'll also love the large fuel tank, so you can keep on working without interruptions. Your mower blades are sharp, the whipper snipper is ready to rock, and you're all set to cut that grass and make that cash. Hi, it's Mr. Producer. I know you're ready to rock and roll, but have you thought about how to maximize your time on the mower once the podcasts are done for the day and you have hours of work still ahead? Let me recommend audiobooks from Audible. Paul has three titles that you can listen to, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, and the brand new 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care, which he so kindly allowed me to narrate. These audiobooks are a great way to make the most of your time and help you grow your business. I'll put links down in the podcast description. Ever wish you could monitor your vehicles, drivers, and equipment in live time to improve routes, enhance job site planning, and save your business money? Well, with GPS Track It, your wish is our command. When you integrate GPS Track It with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace-of-mind lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. 
call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. Yeah, well, let me let me um, characterize what you're saying there is that once uh, the customer or the market, let's start there. Once the market uh, somehow got to the point where they felt good about your company and somehow they contacted you and said, hey, um, I'd like to engage with your services. And then now they're a customer and you start doing a great job and you do all the things that you talk about on your, on your podcast and they start to know you, like you and trust you. And that relationship grows. You saw that they, they thought, well, let's get them to do this and that and something else. But some of that you're saying was not congruent with your mission and your focus. And it would be a delusion, but I bet not all of it. I bet some of it was, hey, that's exactly what I was hoping they'd, they'd ask me to do because it fits in my business plan. Or were there cases, Paul, where it was, my goodness, I never would have thought of that. That's a great addition to my business. And they've asked me for it. They want it. Yeah. Well, I fell in love with sod. I remember my first few sod jobs were actually in the red because I didn't realize how much time it was going to take to grade the properties, to install the sod, to roll the sod. And so probably as number seven or eight, sod installation, I started doing big ones. I'm talking like 11 pallets of sod, you know, $17,000 jobs. And I, and I'm like, I actually enjoy doing this. And, and then kind of, I've thought several times of starting a company. I just don't have the time that only does sod. Like that's it. Um, and, and that's a whole nother plan because I would, uh, get, I already have relationships with the sod farm. And, um, anyway, that's one service that I, I, I found out by their demand that I like to do, but there's so many others that they ask me to do, gutter cleaning, for example. And um, I just don't like standing on roofs and cleaning out gutters. And so um, just knowing what I want to offer and what I don't want to offer and building the marketing plan around uh, around that. And I'm sure too that if it was something you didn't want to do, but they wanted it, you probably had a ready um, answer to refer them to somebody who was very good at it, who specialized in that. Well, in the early days, I had the referrals, but the people I referred to weren't that good. And so going back to trust, that hurt me. Oh, really? Because, for example, I had a job that was in irrigation work, and I didn't know anyone who could do irrigation. So I called the company that sells um, sprinkler heads and uh, pipes and things of um, that an irrigation specialist would need to buy. And I said, Hey, can you tell me of a good irrigation subcontractor? And like, Oh yeah, yeah. Call this guy. Here's his number. So I call him and he ripped me off. He, he uh, charged my customer an outrageous amount of money um, that was not fair. Um, and, and the customer, my customer was upset with me because like this guy you referred us to was a, was a ripoff. And so um, to answer your question, I did make a referral and then it hurt my trust. Oh. As the years progressed, I started meeting people who had character and competency and great credibility. So then if someone says, hey, do you do this, you know, stone patio paver or retaining wall? I can say, absolutely. You know, here's Jamie's information. And uh, then they'll knock it out of the park and it comes back to build my trust because then they'll say, Paul, thank you so much, Jamie. And Derek did such a great job and it makes me look good. So yeah, there's, you got to be careful with the referrals because if you refer someone bad, back to what we talked about trust, it will hurt. If you refer someone good, then it boosts your trust and you solve the, you know, brought a solution to the problem. Well, let, let me add to that. Um, I, I like that story, 
uh, Paul, and it brings up a very interesting principle about word-of-mouth marketing, which is the best marketing you could ever have, and it costs nothing. When you start having customers that are like evangelists for your business, and they're so thrilled that they want to tell other people, that's the best kind of marketing because it's that third-party validation. But why do they do that? They did it for the same reason you just described, and that is people love to refer um, services and products that have been good for them if it makes them look good. Yeah. They're thrilled to tell their neighbor, hey, this guy's good. Uh, Paul's, Paul's lawn care business is fantastic. They've done a great job for me. I'm th- I, w- I want to tell you about it because that makes them look good to their neighbors, to their friends. And the same was true in your business. Now, you weren't a customer. You were just referring one business to another, but it made you look good. And that's what you wanted to help them for sure. But it also had the other benefit that it made you look good because you're the go-to person. You knew something that was helpful. Uh, It didn't benefit you uh, right up front in front of their eyes because you weren't doing the service. You weren't going to make any money. But it still made you look good because you could help them when you didn't have to. Yeah, totally. You did that. I took you to a salad place one day and you're like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then you're like, oh, I got to, I got to show you this. We went <laughs> to the other salad place and you were so excited to, for me to experience. It was a delicious salad. And you know, I'm, I eat there quite a bit. Unfortunately, they sell pizza there too. So sometimes I'll go in to get the salad <laughs> and a brick oven will, will, will snatch me, but it made you feel good that I ate the salad you recommended. Right. And then there was a satisfaction to you that I was happy. Right. So, um, but the, another key theme, uh, Paul, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, is in a service business, one other thing that differentiates uh, f- that from a product business is with a service business, you're really selling something much more intangible than a product that's in a box that you can pick up with your hands and put it in the trunk of your car and drive it home. And then unbox it, put it on the table, you got the product. With a service, yes, it's something that they could see once you're providing the service if they're home, but it's still much more intangible compared to a product. And so what becomes important to get someone to trust you, to want the service, and to feel good emotionally where they want to get the credit card out or sign the contract uh, for an extended period of time for the service is to have in their mind a vision of how it's going to benefit them and what it's going to do in the grand scheme of their life that that's worth them pursuing it with your company. You basically have to cast a vision because it's not, well, here's the product. This is what it looks like. Hold it, pick it up, touch it. What does it feel like to you? You know, is that something you want? I've told you the benefits. It's different than that. You're saying, well, we provide this service and this aspect of this service and and this other thing. And you kind of have to, when you're talking to them, whether it's on the phone or it's in your sales copy or it's on your website and they're reading it, somehow there's got to be a message that casts a vision visibly in their screen of their mind of that's exactly what I want. That's if I, if I can engage their service, I I will get what I want. It'll enhance my life. And the way they described it, it's even better than I envisioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even more than I was anticipating you could get from a service like that. 
Uh, how do you cast that vision? Because I know that when you were in, in your case, I've heard you talk many times about how you went after the affluent neighborhoods. Not every company wants to do that. Not every lawn care business does that. Uh, you can make a good business in other markets, but you focused on the affluent. And and you, I'm sure you had to talk them to them and cast a vision. Yeah, and the vision that I casted that they wanted was convenience. They wanted a one-stop shop. They wanted to put their card on file and you just charge it one time per month. And literally in the Atlanta market, they'll pay you the same on January 1st, February 1st as March, April, May, June, July, August. And, and in other neighborhoods, they don't do that in Atlanta. They, they wait till March or April to start paying you and they pay you through November. So these people value convenience so much, they'll even pay you more throughout the year. And, and what the vision cast is, is that, okay, uh, Mrs. Smith, we'll mow your grass, we'll um, you know, trim your shrubs, We'll do, um, make sure your beds don't have any weeds in them. We'll do full service, the fertilization and the weed control. I mean, anything and everything you could think about because these folks are, are super wealthy. They, they travel a lot. They got a lot going on. They don't want to pay one company to do their fertilizer, one company to mow their grass, one company to come prune up their trees, one company to put their flowers in. I mean, you, you could have nine, 10, 11 different companies when you have these really nice homes to do all the land, lawn and landscape services. That's all right. One call, that's all. So they wanted one-stop shopping. (laughs) One-stop shop, which really, it's a fancy way to say they want convenience. They want to look out their window and their yard looks immaculate and they don't even have to worry about it. They don't have to even worry about paying me because they just put their card on file and it's on auto pay and and, and everything is convenient. They just live their life and their yard looks great. And I I take care of everything for them and I'm reliable and responsible, so. Well, it sounds to me then that... You had done your due diligence and understood what they really wanted. That made you customer focus. But then in your message, you could say, well, I'm one-stop shop for all of that. And you could say it in a way, which you didn't do, that makes them not want it or from you. Yeah, that's what I want, but I don't think you're the one to do it. Or you could present the same message in a way they're saying, wow. I got to sign up with this guy before he gets too busy and I can't get him. How did you accomplish that? Now, clearly that was following the principle we were talking about a moment ago. You were able to not only say what they wanted because you understood what they wanted, but you did it in a way where it invoked that emotion where they wanted to buy. And, um, it was packaging that message in a way that was appealing to them. And it was casting a vision of what they wanted, but in such a way that it was compelling and appealing and they were ready to act. Could you talk a little bit about that? Cause I imagine, let me just prompt you here. Imagine that involves some stories about some disasters that you saw and how you can avoid it about some huge successes that, that you had with customers and, and how they thrived by engaging you. I mean, I imagine stories played a key role in it. Maybe some statistics, uh, uh, maybe explaining the benefits of, of the features of your service. What, what was the mix? 
Yeah, the the uh, building the trust was, I was able to show off. Oh yeah, we've been in here, you know, since 2012, and we do so and so's house and so and so's house and so and so's house. Well, they already know who that people are in, the, in these fancy neighborhoods. The guy I was telling you had a bunch of exotic cars stacked on each other in the garage. Wow. You know, everyone knows this guy. So is. that's testimonies. Yeah, that's one I, other element. When I when I name drop, oh yeah, we do so and so's yard, and they already uh-huh. know what that that property is magazine worthy immaculate right it, it builds that trust and, and it's like the the emotion of the story is oh yeah yeah that's that's uh you know we'll make your yard look like that and that's what they want they they want as everyone's driving through the neighborhood people are pointing wow look at that yard and uh, because i had some of those under my belt i would just name drop and the fact that i already worked in their neighborhood they trusted me because not just everyone can work in these neighborhoods dr frank we have about a minute left on this um frame um and so we'll have to pick back up in the last module. So, so give us a 60-second transition to what we'll continue here in the next module. Okay, just a quick tie-up, though, on that last thing is that testimonies and stories is what really builds relationship. You put facts and figures, that goes over the head. They forget it 10 seconds later. But stories, they remember because stories invoke emotion. And they're true stories, so they're believable. Uh, What we're going to go next is we're going to talk about um, some of the key elements uh, out of the research of where companies really are deficient in their marketing. And uh, big companies, small companies, medium-sized companies, the research shows there's like seven to ten areas that most companies are deficient in. And if you could just get a little bit better at those areas and focus on those things instead of what you think – you might be the right thing to do. You'll be hitting it right on target. And with just a little bit of thought in each of those areas, you'll rise way above your competition because I guarantee you they're not doing it. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Frank. I really enjoy um, his company and and just the uh, marketing perspectives that he shared with me over the years. It definitely has helped stretch my thinking and uh, it's been very helpful uh, to me. And so I'm very honored that he would um, share his knowledge with us uh, at the Resource Center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com and several more modules on the um, how to get and how to keep customers on-demand e-training program. So if you want to really um, dive deeper with Dr. Frank and me in the uh, e-training program, just visit our Resource Center. It's the greenindustrypodcast.com. And that uh, we have on demand there uh, several different topics. We have um, a how to know your numbers e-training program, how to get and keep customers uh, e-training program, and, and many other documents uh, such as contracts that you know are written by lawyers for your for your landscape enhancement jobs. Uh, one for your lawn maintenance contract. Uh, we have our price increase letter um, template. We we just have a lot of those documents. Uh, I just assume everybody knows all that. And then, you know, I get reminded, no, you got to tell the people they don't know, Paul, they don't know. You got to tell them. I was like, oh, good point. So now, you know, (laughs) we got you guys. If you want to um, dot your I's and cross your T's with your business, uh, we have the templates um, that are crafted by professionals. You don't got to go out. I mean, you could go out there and hire an attorney um, to write your contracts, uh, which I highly recommend, or you could get our contracts that are already written by attorney and just plug and play your information into the template. And it's the same with the um, education. You can scroll through there and be like, oh, you know, I want to learn more about knowing my numbers. You can get that on-demand e-training, watch it at your own leisure and learn on that topic. Or, oh, wow, Dr. Frank is on fire with marketing. I want to learn more about marketing and, and, and how to really make sure my business is in the right area, serving the right people. 
and getting those good customers. And then as we talk later on in the e-training program, keeping those good customers, getting customers, keeping customers. So um, that e-training program is available as well. Again, check out a resource center. There's plenty of documents and training programs there uh, to help you uh, take your business to the next level. Uh, the link is in today's show notes, or you can just visit the resource center, thegreenindustrypodcast.com. You need to increase your prices to earn more, but you better do it correctly or your customers will become unhappy. You want to discover the proven method to easily increase your prices? I've assembled the price increase letter template. It's a plug and play document that will allow you to inform your customers in the correct way so that they understand why and will gladly accept your price increase. You can pick up the price increase letter template today at the Resource Center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.